0: Coldman, you're listening to the rockin chicago show and each episode i connect with musicians artists and industry people who are involved with chicago's underground and independent music scene the show is really a conversation about our creative processes our hopes our dreams and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city our guest for this episode is Black Sights. They are a progressive metal group. Been around for a few years. They just released their third album, Untrue, last Friday. And um, we're going to be chatting with uh, main man Mark Sugar, who is the uh, songwriter and guitar player and vocalist for the band, along with Ryan Brukert, who is a lead guitarist for the band. And uh, let's get to our interview with them. Where did the material come from? Uh, there's a definite. Uh, Seems like there's a little bit of a continuation in, in some of the themes and some of the the feels from exile. But I'm just kind of wondering, like how how this this clump of material came about to become untrue.
1: That's actually a really good question. I think uh, we kind of hit a good stride with exile as far as uh, writing and and just having a good focus songwriting wise. Um, that material also got. A little darker just because of yeah. what was going on in, in the world at the time uh absolutely socio sociopolitically or whatever you might say um but the thing that was cool is that while we were recording exile and right after uh we kept writing yeah so um like i think lost tribes might have been the first thing that came after we finished exile that might have been the first song and uh between everything that was going on and this is even before COVID the album was was written before covid started but things yeah. kept going in that that darker vein where i'm just you know watching the world and it's like man shit can't get any yeah. more
0: stupid than this It's it's Um, almost clairvoyant in a sense in some of the material, right? That's really (laughs) depressing. (laughs) It it is. It is. But it's it's some great material nonetheless. But yeah, it's interesting. It's like there's no like precognition of any of this stuff. It's just you're you're in this kind of mode and kind of observation of things. And yeah, it's like, can can it get any (laughs) worse? Yeah. America says hold my beer, right? (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Mega says, how can we twist a knife even further? You know?
1: Yeah. Um, but that that was one those are probably the, the two keys with the uh, the material for Exi- for uh, Untrue is that we kept writing and the world kept getting shittier.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dispatch, though, I think the songs are in, in some ways a bit more direct, like you guys are a bit more, I don't, I don't know, maybe the word adventurous is the wrong choice, but um, there's a lot more um, arrangements kind of going out there, I think, with Exile, where these tunes seem to be a little bit more like compact and concise and in some ways dense, like they're just a little bit more harder hitting in some ways. I don't know if there's any intentionality with that as well, or that this is just kind of the crop of tunes and how they, they came out, like... Were you guys trying to consciously like kind of sort of chip away or kind of refine the structures of these so they were a bit more um, uh, concise? I think that's just how it ended up. I mean,
1: yeah. we had a lot of material to choose from for this album. Um, like I said, we'd been writing forever. Right. And we had, we had all these ideas, all these demos, all these riffs. And these eight songs seem to be the ones that worked best uh, from my standpoint they seem to be the ones that were the most cooperative as far as getting finished and uh, and me being able to write lyrics to them um but I think shorter songs kind of made sense this time around you know we we did on uh, on exile there were the two more epic length tracks yeah and uh, that album kind of meandered a lot and I think what we figured out how to do on on true is still be somewhat progressive still write, fairly complicated material. These songs are actually more convoluted than anything on exile. It just happens in a shorter amount of time.
2: Right. There's yeah, yeah that's very true. I think Mark also you've mentioned before, like while this this album was in fruition, was that I, I believe you mentioned that like exile does go into somewhat different places, like style wise. And I think what you mentioned before was that you wanted these styles to be more cohesive in this album. And I feel like it, I feel like it accomplished that. There are like definitely some, you know, kind of went off the beaten path with that at the same time. But uh, I think, I think that mission was sort of accomplished with this album as well, too.
1: Yeah, I I think that makes sense. I think one of my biggest criticisms looking back at at Exile, and I love that record. Yeah. um, But one of the things that stands out to me is that every song was, kind of somewhere else like oh this is the voivod song oh this is the black sabbath song oh this is this this is you this, know this
0: material is way more unified
1: right yeah on this album every song yeah. sounds like voivod and black sabbath
2: <laughs> it's actually and
0: that's a compliment right
3: <laughs> i'm not even joking like, yeah
2: my, my own personal preference like i love how it turned out like how the album turned out but like i have and like i have respect for like having things be cohesive, but I also respect, you know, also having the courage to, like, try different, like, styles through different songs Yeah, still sound like a band, you
1: know? No, and I, I'm a big fan of that, too, and, you know, I think this is just where these songs kind of ended up, you know, we I mean, Ryan, you know, there were demos of these songs that had all these weirdo parts going other places, there were versions that were two or three minutes longer, and... Yeah you know, it it just didn't work that way for these songs. These songs needed to be what they were. Uh, The other ideas we had didn't get finished and they didn't get finished for a reason. And, you know, I kind of like the idea of there being like a unified black sites sound like you take all the bands that we're into and all the guitar players that we grew up with. Right. And you blend all that weird shit together and it's this thing now. And every song on, on true has that thing, whatever it is, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's that. um, (laughs) There's some very key. um, And, you know, I'm going back as being a guy who was a fan of both of you guys, when you were doing trials, you know um, there's some very key, like things that, 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 that come out in, in droves on this album. I mean a lot of it is the the chord progressions like there's a very distinct mark sugar sort of, sort of chord progression. Um, thank you I think. We'll, we'll save that for another episode um it's acdc in a good way dude um like you just like when i of, you know, i'm speaking of as a fan so there's a little bit of a bias but like when i hear that i'm like yeah 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 i can follow that that's awesome and i just like you don't hear that with other bands so much you know it's like there's like you have these little signature things that you're doing um pulling in some of the voivod stuff like that mid-break um after the worst of us after ryan solo um, you're just really kind of hitting that, like those flat five, like sort of things. And I'm going to geek out in the guitar language folks. I'm sorry about that, but I'm also a guitar player myself. So, um, but there's just, yeah, those signature elements that Mark, you were just saying, like, um, those feels with that, um, sort of the the way that the the progressions all kind of work together in a very tasteful way, I want to add. And then, um, you know, there's the other little things that you work in, like there's some King's X type, vocal harmonies that just kind of come in <laughs> um which is another like what the fuck king's x like i mean it's a, it's another it's like an underground band they never were really overground you know or uh, huge in the sense of like where they were they're like a musician's band in one sense um but you know it's a little bit of that and then of course one of my favorite things with both of you guys you do so well together the harmonized lead lines you know um which it, it's not all it's not all over the place where it's like you're just beating it to death, but it's very tastefully done and in, in, in appropriate places like the uh, Lost Tribes. Like it sounds like you almost have like a fuzz tone going on with. Uh, oh with
2: yeah.
1: Oh, that one, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I, that was I. I don't know. Uh, that was kind of like coming up with that fuzz tone was kind of just like wasn't it kind of spur of the moment in the studio? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah
1: I, just- I, I like. We were just hanging out in the studio with Sanford is like make it sound like Billy Gibbons.
0: Yeah, that that caught my ear. Um, and then you know, with the two tracks we're gonna feature on this episode, um with like the worst of us, yeah. There there's just a lot of that that goodness that kind of works through the song. Hey, I'm just gonna stop rambling about this track and y'all can take a listen to it. This is the worst of us by Black Sites. to talk about with you guys is the visual presentation of this album and uh it comes with a very beautiful uh lyric sheet booklet and liner notes that's a nice nice little layout on it and um what's cool is in between uh the lyric sections of the songs, where the guitar solos are uh you list out who's performing what as far as which solo it is and then the solos actually have like a section name or a movement name or or whatnot, um, and that just really remind, reminds me of kind of the old school like '80s, '90s uh, metal bands I listened to, and I was coming up with, and also uh, kind of a throwback to the early prog era of stuff too, where you know songs would have different movements or sections in it. What was your uh, sort of inspiration behind that?
1: That was our little uh homage to Carcass there, actually, because they used to they used to name the solos, and we're not med students, so we don't know any of the the terminology they use, so we just named after. We just named the solos after video games and stuff. We don't, we don't. Oh, yeah,
2: I mean, like it was okay. So like there was a Castlevania one, but Mark, there were some other ones that you mentioned. Like I think because you're you're a Genesis guy like through and through. So like I don't know Genesis as much as you do, but I I'm more familiar with like NES like old school titles. So that's why like one yeah. of was named Castlevania,
1: which is weird because I'm older than you, but. Uh... <laughs> no all actually if you look at the booklet all the solos yeah. for the worst of us yeah. are named after levels in a sega genesis game called
2: uh shinobi three
0: that is awesome I'm into
2: it yeah.
1: yeah i
0: mean yeah So it's like a nice little easter egg for gamers out there i guess right
1: yeah, if, if anyone's as big of a dork as us, they're going to see that book and just laugh
0: their asses off. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I went to completely different direction, and, and that's with Watchtower um, from back in the day, because they used to... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, so that's where I kind of went with it. I'm a bit older than both of you guys. So, um, you know, it's just, there's just that really kind of old school... Looking at like a gate folder, even like the CD booklet that would fold out with all the panels and you would see that, That that that's a really nice touch. The the graphics and sort of the artwork of the album, how did you come across the guy you were working with?
1: The guy who did the artwork, uh, his name is Alexandre Goulet. He's uh, from Canada. And it was just the weirdest thing. There was, there was a day where I was just flipping through Instagram. It must have been a day where all these bands were announcing their albums coming out and I, and I was just seeing awesome album cover after awesome album cover all this killer artwork yeah and all of it was by him yeah. all these bands must have commissioned him and it was just a coincidence that i saw three or four in a row yeah and i sent a few of the covers to to ryan and uh and to gary our drummer i was like what do you think of this and they're like yeah hit him yeah. up and and he was awesome to work with uh you he know. has a really
0: distinct style too. It's very, it reminds me a really old sort of watercolor paintings, kind of really old picture books. Like you would see from maybe like the 17 or 1800s with like just kind of an illustrative style. Yeah. Um, it has like a, a real old vibe to it, but it's still crisp. And, you know, it doesn't look dated. It just, it, it has that like nice kind of parallel of like, there's there's like an like an older reference, kind of an older, darker reference that he's pulling in um yeah style and there's a little bit of the collage going on too which is one of my favorite things as well so um and there's a a nice nod to black sabbath what we came up with with you guys too that 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 was really really sweet just a little bit touch Mm -hmm. yeah and folks got to go take a look at the the website to check that out um it's just just very subtle um but tastefully, very tastefully done. And, you know, I'm saying that sincerely you know, with zero sarcasm. So, uh, Thank you. so well done. And yeah, I like the looking at the booklet. It's really just nicely laid out. It's nice to see uh, a band who puts that much time into uh, thinking about that stuff and going back to even notating the solos and naming the solos after uh, popular or segments of uh, video games and all that. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's it's geeky but it's cool that there's like that level of detail and there's like that and you can say it's almost like there's like a passion behind what you're doing um
2: you gotta draw from your inspiration right
0: for sure so um and then the other thing i kind of wanted to talk about a little bit too is um just kind of the process of putting the album together i mean you guys put this together during the pandemic last year how did the the tracking go because i got the sense like you guys you know didn't really oh we're gonna go into a studio and do this like how how did that come about
1: so the way it started is um so the first thing that happened is our bass player quit and then two weeks later the pandemic hit and right shut everything down right and and we had been we were going to be rehearsing to record like the the songs were written everything was ready to go and like February 2020 so the first thing we did was do nothing and I was just miserable for like six or seven
3: months
1: (laughs) and then at a certain point it was like let's just do this and I begged Gary to go to a studio and track drums and he said no and I bothered him some more and finally he said yes right and so we hired a studio sent Gary in alone um, you guys work with Quentin Pointer on that, right? Yeah, with Quentin, there, right? with, with, yeah, with Quentin from, from QMP Audio. I have still right. not been there. I was not involved at all. Uh, Gary and, and Q just did it solo. They spent a weekend right. banging out drum tracks. Yeah. And uh, Gary killed it, considering that we never rehearsed. Yeah. Um, and from that point, we took the files home. Uh, I recorded uh guitar and vocals at uh at my home studio ryan has a setup at his home and he did his guitar
0: parts there and uh he did everything remote then, like in terms of like all the yeah. strings and vocals and all that
1: Com- completely remote until the very end okay um there was there was oh, one yeah. yeah uh ryan what, what was it what was the last thing we did
2: it was uh not uh what's the second track why am i blanking it's not they they're young, they're young but it was uh um Oh, call us uh, by its
0: name? Call it by its name. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
1: cool. that, that acoustic part, yeah. Um, that was the only thing that we had done with any two people in the band actually interacting. Uh, huh. And this was like way later in the process. Like everyone was vaccinated and shit by then. Right. But uh, yeah, we just set up some mics at Ryan's house and we got out the acoustics and tracked that, that little jam at the end.
0: Nice. And
1: nice. Uh, it was actually done live but that section is the only thing where anyone interacted on the entire record.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I think though, there's, there's a, something to be said for um, you guys have gone, you all know each other really well. We've worked with each other for a long time. And I think when you have that kind of relationship and a project, whatever it is, I, I mean, I think there's a certain level of trust that goes along with that. And you guys are also committed to, there's a certain level of quality you all want to achieve. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me as a listener, I couldn't really tell that it was remote. I mean, I've, I've done projects in, in the, the same kind of process where we're with a bunch of different people where you're tossing wave files back and forth over Dropbox and, um, and then have somebody kind of like work with what you got at the end to kind of, you know, polish it up or give it some, give it some life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the, there's a there's a an inherent trust in the process but it's also the people that you're working with i mean you guys have been guitar players working together for a long time and you've known gary and worked with him for quite a bit as well because he's been in your band for a while um yeah so I, I think getting over that sort of there's a mental hurdle with that like when you're not able to be in the room with the the same musicians it, it, it can it can be deflating i think for some people if you don't have that kind of I don't want to say relationship, but I don't know what the right word is, but, um, just that, that communication, that level of communication, a level of understanding each other, you know, I mean, you guys know you, you and Mark particularly, you guys know where you kind of re- where you're going to go. Like, you know, where Mark's going to go with progressions and stuff, or you guys have kind of similar ideas and, and understandings of how you put together lead lines and all that. And I, I think that there's a certain economy that kind of goes with that. Um, was the, the, the whole process of you guys kind of putting this all together pretty, pretty chill. Like, I mean, I mean, was there a lot of back and forth with like getting parts down and all that, or how, how, how did that really work for you guys? Uh,
2: there's, there's, there's quite a bit of back and forth. I do rely upon, like, I think I've mentioned before that uh, there's, there's the best way I feel to get a better outcome of like of the song or working towards the song is just to set aside ego so like
0: absolutely putting it,
2: you know it's so just like I, I mean i admittedly i will have a draft of like say like a lead or something and i'll run it by another set of ears in this case it would be mark right. and mark would say okay i like the way this sounds and like and then at some points like there might be some disagreements but at the same time we're both working towards like the same goal as far as like getting like what, the, what I'm working on lead or something like it, we we wanted to suit what's going on for the song whether it's going to be like super busy or it's going to be super melodic and it's almost never the first draft that is on the album uh it's just it's it's so there is a lot of back and forth in that case and but and well i've i've mentioned before it can be kind of frustrating at the same time it's Sorry. super satisfying it, it can be super satisfying for the end, end result. And so it's fine, <laughs> you know, it's fine to like go through multiple takes on something so we can get this right, you know? Right.
1: I, I think we all beat ourselves up pretty hard making this record. Um, yeah. I mean, par- partially because there was nothing else really to do at the time. You know, you would go to work and then you would go home and you couldn't go anywhere else. So you might as well right. just train the car all night. Um, right. But that you know that spilled over into you know me beating myself up doing rhythm guitars, getting them tight with what Ryan played, uh, doing constant retakes of, of vocals, trying to get better vocal takes because I'm not like a naturally good singer by any stretch. So I pushed that a lot harder because I had the time. Um, you know, even Gary, Gary did probably almost 300 takes of drums on this. it's wow. insane! In, in like two days in a weekend.
2: Right. Well, you just, Mark, like, did you also say that you we were sick at some point while trying to track vocals? If I remember right,
1: uh, I don't. I was sick before we did the album. Uh, I don't know if I was sick. I'm always kind of sick. I might have been sick doing this. I don't remember. Okay. But uh, that's the thing with with being me. You get sick doing vocals. Shit, go play guitar. Go play bass. You know. Yeah, you
0: yeah. can do that when you're sick. I think there's a certain one of the few positives that living through this pandemic and sort of being isolated and, um, is that you just have the time, you know, cause I mean, the, the social interactions are, are minimized, uh, you know, going out, seeing your friends, bands play or, or, or hanging out or whatever is so minimized with all this, that it really kind of gives you that opportunity to like really just sit down and, and focus on your art, you know, or, uh, music, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, um, uh definitely like i just kind of another sort of kudos i guess I, I, the the level of or tightness that it's on the tunes i mean you guys always have really tight material from remember um but it it, it comes out in the end you know like it's you really get that sense of it um like you, you didn't just phone it in and move on to the next piece it doesn't have that, that raw feel it has a very nicely polished and solid feel you know um One question I had was, uh, working with kind of the, the end game on this, like bringing in the stuff and having Sanford Parker work on it. Um, this was much later on, like when, you know, things kind of opened back up, like how did the sort of mixing and mastering side of things go with, uh, working with, uh, those folks.
1: So we met up with Sanford in, I think, May of 2021. So this past year, yeah. Um, roughly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Everything had kind of chilled out by then. Uh, you know, anyone who was going to get vaccinated was vaccinated by then. And we had finished right. tracking. Uh, so we we brought the tracks over to his new studio. I think we were one of the first bands in there, actually. He has a new uh, a new space. And uh, we spent a weekend reamping a bunch of guitars with him and getting really cool sounds out of gear that we can't afford. Huh. And yeah. uh, then he mixed the record. And that was, it, it's weird, because it honestly wasn't that different from how we would have worked anyway. Okay. Like, like Ryan and I sent files back and forth on the other albums too, just because he doesn't, you know, live that close to me anymore. Right. You know, there's yeah. you know, and, it, and instead of spending two hours in our in a car or whatever, it's two more hours you could spend tracking. So yeah. right. Um he sent me files. We sent each other files on exile and we continued that here.
0: Right.
1: Um and and the same thing with Sanford, you know, we we just brought him a finished record that just needed to be reamped and, and mixed.
0: Right. He was already familiar enough with your sound and kind of knew what you guys did where there probably yeah. wasn't a lot of, um, what about this? What about that? Or, you know, a lot of experimentation. It was like he had a good idea for what you guys did. So probably, I guess, I would say more of a streamlined process with that as well, you know?
2: Yeah, we were kind of soul searching way before we went to the studio as far as like what the guitar tone wants, because yeah. uh, me and Mark. Me and Mark were talking as far as like because that's a great thing again about getting recording at home and then bringing it into reamp in the studio later. You can gets. just play
0: with the tone then, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, the, yeah. Exactly. It's like we get the performance down, and right. then the tone it, we worry about when I'm going to the studio. And yeah. uh, Mark and I we were discussing like what type of tone, and I and we were we were very much in the line of like what we wanted as far as like. Because you know, because we are very meticulous as far as like getting down uh, right. during the recording process. Right during the recording process, we're very meticulous in getting down that we're playing everything
0: right. to a
2: T, and yeah. so They're that tight. there's yeah. So and then once we got into the studio, it's just kind of like well, the collaboration of amps or the sound we want to for the end product, and then um, it that's it's I feel as if it's a lot less stressful of a process to do and um i i thought like as, as far as the tone goes i thought this tone
3: yeah it's
2: like it, it was it's it's so it streams it streamlines the process and it is uh and it, it it's a lot more fun as a result if i may say
0: yeah yeah, I, I could see that. And that's kind of, uh, you know, the sort of unveil, uh, opening the curtain up to the, the general audience maybe be listening to this and kind of showing some of the sausage making. But there's a there's a, there's a a definite like uh, freedom with that because you don't have to worry about take so much. It's just, all right, let's yeah. just sit, literally sitting there and playing with the EQ sweep on an amp just to really get that sweet spot. It's like uh, mm. kind of something that's unique to the way we do things now with studio production. So yeah. Right. Um, that's cool.
1: And it's it's funny to mention with the the reamping and the tones, especially with the guitar, because we, Ryan and I, went in there with, like he said, we had a mission. We had an idea of what we wanted. You know, yeah, we've been yeah. discussing it for months, not just the guitar tones, but it's like where the bass sits in the mix, you know, what the snare drum does, yep. how I love the vocals, right. we had talked about all of this. And uh, with Sanford, we came up with uh, ways to realize all of those ideas very, very quickly, but it was interesting because it was not the same gear that was on Exile, almost none of the gear from Exile was on this record. Even though yeah. Yeah. they were the same band, and That's supposedly it sounds the same. I think it sounds totally different.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some production value things that sound really different, and I actually like that. Because um, like, I, going back to my point earlier about there, there's some very signature Mark Sugar, and then with Mark and Ryan guitar playing, sounds that you guys just have from your writing process and playing together and all that that i mean i, I personally enjoy it, it it's a bit of an acdc effect with that is but it's not limiting it's just that it's a very signature sound you know um but hearing through like these new amp tones and these new this new production uh sort of lens that was put on this set of uh, material was actually really refreshing so my uh, hats off to you for for that and um I yeah, really really enjoyed Gary's drumming on this as well like it's there's something about the way he sits in the mix print on this particular release it's like a little bit more aggressive sounding in a sense so um so it's good stuff
2: yeah Gary always delivers he has oh, I was just going to say Gary always delivers I'm like he's got like well it's probably three probably like three other albums he released this year that you can attest to as far as like how yeah. How he performs in recording environments, you know.
0: I was just gonna say, it seems like working with Quentin too, like that's like his drum guy. Like, I've seen him do stuff with Wizzo and uh, some of his other projects too that he works on, and it seems like they have a really good working relationship. And Quentin really kind of understands like Gary's dynamics as a as a as a percussionist and as a drummer. And is able to really capture the, the best of that and that's that again that level of trust that, that pre-existing relationship is you know friends and bandmates as well you know um but that that really kind of helps bring out the best in the most uh, economical and efficient way too you know yeah
1: those guys are a very good team what's interesting is quentin actually mixed the first black sites record before gary was in the band so he kind of knows what we're about too So, you know, him in a studio environment that he's got control of, you know, his studio working with Gary, you guys know exactly how to sound good in there. And I've had I've actually over the weekend, I had a conversation with Gary where he was telling me, like, yeah, I streamlined some parts. I I simplified my drumming. I shouldn't say simplified, but he focused it with the intent of making it sound good in the studio and, and making it more easily mixed to sound good he recorded with with the intent of sounding awesome on record
2: and right
1: that's really refreshing to hear from a drummer because usually they just want to do blast beats and do a bunch
2: of fills um <laughs> that's, that's that's very disciplined oh i'm oh i'm sorry Eric. i was just saying that's a very disciplined approach like it's something if you record long enough or record frequent enough like yeah. there's a very you know doing more or there's a streamlined approach to like recording like not trying to play as many notes as possible or trying to overcomplicate things there's a real there's a real positive outcome to that instead of like trying to be as complicated as possible or like play, like mark mentioned like just be more streamlined in that. Regard. yeah
0: yeah he's playing in the service of the song that he's recording it's like, yeah yeah you know he's not overdoing it he's not blasting his way through it and he has like, the thing I like, oh yeah, but he has a little bit of finesse in his playing. And that kind of goes to uh, something that I find in like the writing and, and, and your guys playing as well. There's like a, a balance of kind of like the traditional or kind of what you'd say classic metal sounds, right? You know, the the old Queensryche, the old Lin, the Thin Lizzy, the old, of course, Voivod, right? mentioned them King's king's is, is lump them into um but there's like a, a, a kind of a generation of, of writing that there's your material kind of reflects and there's a certain quality to it and, and the, to me the word is quality like there's uh, just like a level of, of songwriting craft that kind of goes into it along with the playing and kind of the execution and all that and all three of you are very dialed into that while not sounding um derivative of that time it's like you you bring those Mm -hmm. elements in and but you still have a very modern and kind of a fresh sound and you're able to balance that really well um and i think that really comes out very shiningly on this record you know um there's just that that sensibility of like um it's not just blast beats and cookie vocals it's like that's our other band um (laughs) right yeah yeah uh (laughs) did i just say that um you did. Oh, Whenever it's appropriate, you
2: need blast beats and just general vocal. Yeah, yeah,
0: but big point is, you guys are true to yourselves. You have a signature sound. You balance that. You're not jumping on the bandwagon for what's the, what's the new thing. We're gonna take a break here and spin up another track from Black Sites. This is they eat their young. other things i wanted to talk about so the trouble cover that you have is kind of a bonus track for folks who buy this cd how did how did you wind up with long shadows fall because that that's kind of another a little bit more of an obscure tune you know
1: yeah so that plays into a conversation i had with quentin actually um so he works with uh, the skull as well which is members of trouble, right yep former members right. and uh he and i were talking at a skull show about Whenever anyone talks about Trouble, they're either talking about the first two records or they're talking about the Rick Rubin ones. And no one ever brings up Plastic Greenhead. And we were kind of just joking around. but he's like, man, that album kind of crushes. It would be sick if somebody covered something from that. And, you know, coincidentally, that album's the first Trouble record I ever heard. Because when I got into them, that was their new release at the time. Right, right, right. You know i i bought that album as a new release i know it like the back of my hand and you know thinking about it a lot it's like long shadows fall would kind of make a really good black site song yeah. um you know and again like everything else I, I ran it past ryan and gary and they're like yeah let's do it yeah and uh it, it turned out awesome it's what what sucks is that eric wagner was still alive yeah. when we recorded it and uh yeah. unfortunately yeah. as as this might know he uh he passed like two weeks before the album came out, three weeks before, right? So now the bonus track is, is more of a tribute, I suppose. Yeah, and we we might find some other way to uh, to air it so that other people can can hear it and, and be exposed to his writing, right? But uh, yeah, that that whole thing is just a really tragic shitty
0: coincidence i guess you also have a penchant of just kind of going back to um stuff you've done in the past too like with the judas priest cover you guys did i think it was a trials tune then you did a Queen's you did a queen's tune and you totally re-engineered it or or restructured it so um (laughs) you kind of made it your own it worked out really well um but that's another like there's just a level of quality and care that you go into what you're, you're what you're doing with even with like a cover and it's not just like hey i'm just doing this for eyeballs or attention or this is the this is their big tune i'm just gonna read it's you, you come into it as a deep fan of like who you're um kind of paying homage to you know
2: yeah speaking personally like i think some of my favorite covers are the ones that made the covers their own i i know that me and mark talked about this but like just yeah
0: take it somewhere one,
2: yeah i like, think the first one i think of is uh there's, there was a soul singer Rest in peace, Charles Bradley. He yeah, knows, that's
0: Sabbath tune. Yeah, yeah. You know it.
2: You yep. know it. Uh, yeah, it he owns that song. Right. Yeah, oh my God. That's probably, like, that's one of the best covers I personally have heard. Yeah. Um, but, like, it made it their own. And it's, I feel like that is one of the... Uh, is, is is That's one of the, like, kind of, like, ways of, like, making, making a cover worthwhile is, like, making it your own.
0: Absolutely. You
2: know? So, and Charles Bradley pulled
0: it off with like just flying colors yeah he did say about that. And he, he put yeah. a lot of soul into that tune I, I really oh, so much. yeah 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 for sure
1: another thing that, that we have a habit of doing is like we don't cover songs that are already like like per exactly we take songs that are like yeah. a little bit on the deeper cuts not, yeah. not just deeper because like okay we did a black sabbath song but we didn't do like war pigs we did a song off technical ecstasy which right <laughs> right hates. right
0: yeah, and it's <laughs> right.
1: like okay. Here's an opportunity to like improve on this. There's an, there's an avenue in here to make this our own and make it cooler and make it work. You know that yeah, yeah. that Sabbath song. That was actually Gary's idea, but I love what we did to it. Um, yeah, that Queen's Strike song. You know that the original version of that song is killer, but it maybe yeah is is not that accessible for for younger listeners. I guess that's a very song. Right. Um, it is you know it didn't yeah. it didn't quite make it out of the 80s so i think what we did might make right. it a bit more palatable to people i don't know but uh sure.
0: the trouble thing did a great job was it yeah just yeah, exposing
1: yeah. more people to trouble into that record
0: i guess um and then uh the i want to talk about the last track on the album white ashes so um it it totally has a completely different vibe um and it's such a a, a great closer of a track um but it really just is like it really caught my ear is um you know it's kind of doomy and it's also got a bit more of this like older opeth sort of european vibe going on with it the harmonies again um you you know what kind of transpired to have that song to me it stands out a little bit from some of the other material like Like, how how did you arrive on that being the closer? Or you just knew that was from writing the material that that was going to be it?
1: Um, Speaking for myself, I had started working on that song a long time ago. Like, that was in the works when we were doing Exile. It might have even been in the works when we were doing in Monochrome. It just never got finished. It wasn't right yet. It needed more work. Um, Yeah. But I knew it had to be a closer just because it's such a downer you know it's it's so slow it's it's so doom like you couldn't really put anything after it
0: no yeah so, it makes sense as a closer yeah so we had to make another
1: album that that could be the closer for basically um but but yeah that song really a lot of that influence is uh it's hard to hear but it's it's very like van halen influence like later van halen okay and uh, like later voivod like angel rad voivod
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see where you're going with that. Okay. Yeah, there's some, they're different, yeah.
1: but there's some of those chords in there that I learned from them.
0: So one last thing to kind of wrap things up. So what is the future hold for you guys? Like, what are you up to next? Are you going to look at putting together sort of a, a performing unit with like recruiting another bassist, or are you guys just going to keep writing some more material? What's going on with black sites now?
1: I think it's gonna be all of the above. Uh, we are working with a bassist oh, right now. Uh, we cannot disclose who it is. But that's, that's great, great news, yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're pretty stoked about it. Um, just cause yeah. we didn't have a bass player for a long time. And it's, it's gonna be good to to, yeah. to be in like a full-
2: The entire pandemic, oh, basically. Full, yeah, right. slightly
1: longer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're, we're working with a bassist now and there'll be an announcement about that. Uh, we might do shows if it seems safe and if it makes sense to do it right um, we are continuing to write we have a pretty big head start on the next record uh i'd say there's three four songs written already maybe more and uh we're just going to keep pushing forward and see what happens if we can play shows great uh if not it's just more time to work on the next record
0: awesome
2: yeah. And I remember, I mean, last time we played a show was with uh, uh Rick Linus and his band Mexican Werewolf. Um That's right. Make wow. yeah,
3: yeah,
2: if you remember that. Lovely yeah. lovely human. I, I miss that dude. Um, yeah. but uh that was I mean, it is it was that long ago, long ago too. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, if everything works out with having a full lineup, like Speaking on person speaking personally, I'd love to play another show, um, especially yeah. to support the album. So uh, yeah, okay. I guess we'll see where it goes.
0: Okay, cool. We look forward to seeing you out there. And gentlemen, thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. Um Black Sites Untrue just came out last Friday. Um, check it out on Bandcamp and uh all this will all the stuff will be featured on uh rockinchicago.org along with this episode. It'll uh, be links to their site. They have some really cool merch packages and uh, some CD release stuff to go along with um, the digital. So, um, good best of luck with everything. We look forward to uh, seeing you guys out there once uh, it's a, you're able to do so. And um, take care.
1: Thank you very much for having us. Man. Thank hey, you. thanks, Eric.
0: All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night. We're going to close this episode with one more track from Black Sight's newest release, Untrue. This is the closing track on the album White Ashes.